Peace and Light family. Thank you for joining us. My name is Shay Queen, and I want to invite you to the Sister Circle. Finding the Queen Within is about taking a woman on a 360-degree journey back home to herself. We will explore all of the facets of self-care and discover new ways to love ourselves. Coming home to you is finding wholeness in your life. We'll be discussing healing, wellness, and how to create safe spaces and sacred places in our lives to have a better connection with our souls. We will have deep, enriching conversations with women that have walked this path and learned what they've experienced that has made them more resilient. It's time to heal, and we have to do it out loud and on purpose. I invite you to join me on this amazing journey to finding our truest, highest version of our sacred selves. Limit with Facebook. Welcome to Winston Wednesday's Glue and Capri Style. Glue Land, I want you all to welcome Miss Queen Shay, Shay Queen, whatever you want to call it, just make sure you call her Queen. And know that hey. while you're here, hey, while you're here in Glue Land, God loves unconditionally everyone, and it is our duty to give love unto everyone. I'm doing what I do and just recording you all seeing me in my glue world, but today I'm actually stepping into Shay Queen's world, and we're going to discuss hey. what it took for me to find my inner queen. Shay, the format is yours, love. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I know that between the two of us, from Virginia all the way to Dakar, Senegal, we're going to get it together, baby. <laughs> good, we're going to get it together past our you know, technical difficulties because we're not claiming none of that. A five-hour difference in time. It's 3.09 where I'm at. What time is it in Virginia? It is 10.09 a.m. here. Amen. Well, good morning, ma'am. Good morning, love. <laughs> Welcome. We did it, sister. We made it another day. Yes, Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. So um, this is interesting. So we're on each other's platforms right now. So for my audience, so we'll be listening to this a little later on Anchor. Thank you so much for tuning in to Finding the Queen Within, where we teach women how to take their lives from dull to dazzling. We are focused on our healing in this season. We know that 2020 has been a doozy, baby. And so what we want to do is to make sure that we are going into 2021 grounded and strong. And we're creating this space for our sisters to be seen and heard and validated. So I thank you so much for having me in glue land. And I welcome you to Finding the Queen Within. So for the uninitiated, says Caprice, could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Well, this is the part that makes my anxiety go high, but Queen, you are definitely worth it. I am from Atlanta, Georgia forever. I love Atlanta. My name is Capri. I've been here in Virginia probably now going on 15 years. My concept, I'm a veteran. Let me put that out there because I'm not serving my country in uniform in the physical. I decided to serve my country in love. And by that, I mean glue. God loves unconditionally everyone, and it's our duty to give love unto everyone, even you, even me. Thus, the Glue and Capri musical motivational movement. 
music saved my life and I allow people to tell their glue stories or their glue testimonies to music and how music saved their life and per se glued them up on their glue journey. I love that. Thank you so much. So tell me a little bit about your background. I know that you said that you were a, um, you were a veteran. What uh, branch of the military were you in? The only branch that matters, the smartest one of them all, the Air Force. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me about to say, I'm an Air Force brat, so I completely, um, I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. My father you served 23 so years. Class. I yeah. apologize. Go ahead. It's okay. My father served uh, 23 years in the U.S. Air Force, so I definitely believe in our military and shout out to the troops. Thank you. As a family member that served with us, I always say we don't serve alone when we leave and our families back home. There's a sense of you all serving with us. So thank you as a serving family member. That's beautiful. So what led to your advocacy, your, your activism in the uh, Hampton Roads area? In truth, my rejection in life myself is what led to glue and being who I am, how I am. I've always been an activist, not by the term. I've always been a power to the people person, a radical mm -hmm. young person, and not knowing what all that meant until now. In 2001, I came up with, or I was blessed with the idea of glue during 9-11 and having the mouth and the voice and the heart that I have, I had to figure out how to put that in a message so that I could, that people could hear what I feel is God's message of love. Mm -hmm. And 2001 was the start of that, but I really didn't, <clears throat> it was the mental process of that. And I've always been a mentor in the community since I was about 18 with younger mm -hmm. kids. When I entered the military, we had schools that we would go and spend time with. But in the start of 2006, when I moved here, um, everything was taken from me. My car, a job, I was in a wreck that I wasn't supposed to survive. A relationship I was in, the young lady became, um, had a mental breakdown. She became physically abusive. And the, the job I had here let me go because of my sexuality. Um, being kicked out of home, just, just life led me to say, okay, God, I've been rejected by people because of who I am and how I am as a person. Um, just my natural uh, power to the people energy, my LGBTQ energy that I didn't even know was mine. The world gave it to me before I owned it. I was just being me, but the world was hating me as I was. And in all of that rejection, I had to teach myself that I too, growing up in church, I became connected with a God of sort. And, but for me, it was taught that it was Jesus because of the rejection from Christianity, Christians, Jesus, I had to remove myself from religion to save myself, but I knew it was something greater than myself. So I still had to acknowledge what I, the nomenclature God within me. I don't know mm -hmm. if it's Jesus, Allah, Buddha, Jehovah, but whatever it is that's making me over when everything was taken from me and I saw that I was supposed to be still and getting my glue message out 
And here in Hampton Roads, I was by myself. I, I slept in my car two nights. I slept in a bed with a man and I hadn't been in a bed with a man in forever, like double digit years just to have somewhere to sleep. And we drove here together, but he gave me somewhere to sleep because when I lost my job, when the job let me go here, it was a contract job. So the place they were paying for me to stay, they were no longer paying for, and mm. I had to leave. And at that time, you're by yourself here in Virginia. I had wrecked my car, no car, no place to stay, but I bought a little plucker that I ended up staying in a couple of nights. And that was my hotel money. I needed a car more than I needed somewhere to stay because I needed to find a job and get around. And staying right. in that, I ended up staying in a hotel for like nine years. And during that time, I was single and celibate for seven to eight years. And I took all of my societal energy and turned it into my Glunergy and started the Glue and Capri musical motivational movement. And I know that's a lot, but I hope you got it. Yeah, I got it. I, I remember um, when we first met uh, around the time that I was moving back to Virginia to take a, a job at Strayer University back in 2018. And I remember when I was in Philly and we were talking just about being motivational speakers and about being healers in our community. And you had shared a bit of your story with me. And I was so inspired from that day to this. And I'm so grateful that we're now in a position where we can bring this message to a greater audience. Because there's a lot of women that um, I have the, the honor of being able to reach, you know, and we don't have the same walk. None of us have the same walk, but the thing, the tie that binds is just the resilience of women, the resilience that we have to rebuild ourselves. And while we're rebuilding ourselves, we're still reaching back and bringing our sisters along. You know, I live by the, the principle of Sankofa, meaning that it is no, it is not shameful to go back and get it. Go back to what you need. Come home to yourself. And that's what it's all about, you know, coming home to yourself, remembering who you are and whose you are, you know, that we are so much more than the titles that society gives us. We're so much more than just our labels that we either accept, as you said, or, or someone is pushed upon us, you know, um, but it's so important to know who we are. Um, here in Senegal, there's a, a phrase in Wolof and it's... Um, I hope I don't butcher it, but is como samabap, right? Como samabap. And that como means- Como samabap. Samabap, yes. That means I know myself. And the worst thing you can say to someone is kamla sabap. That means you don't know yourself. So being home, even in the midst of being homeless, being home within you, is where you found your source. And once you tap in, no one else can give you anything. No one else can say anything to you because you know who you are, you know who you belong to, and you're able to use that, that rock bottom as a foundation and as a springboard. So I definitely, um, I applaud you. I applaud you. And I thank you because there's a lot of women, there's a lot of people that um, they're gonna be able to get free because you learned how to get free. And not only did you do it for yourself, but you reach out 
and you bring other people along. So for that, I'm so grateful. Um, why don't you tell me about some of the challenges that you had during that that journey? Like, what did what did that healing process look like for you? And my truth, Shay, you know how I get down, and you know I'm always real. The yes. most the most transparent truth is denying myself the power of femininity when she's in my presence and I'm in hers and everything that comes with that. Because even watching your beautiful blackness and all of this and just who I am and our growth as people, I always tell people we're human and we have attractions to people. We have energies for people that we have a choice to respond to or not. That doesn't mean that it's not real. So for me, denying the power of femininity for seven years to eight years was my hardest part in that because women are my kryptonite. Femininity is my kryptonite. Therefore, not allowing women to come into, when I stayed in this hotel room, it was room 240 where 24 hours a day I had to work to make me whole. And whatever extreme wow. that took, I had to make that happen. So for the first year or so, and I was there for nine years, seven years, I was celibate, eight years, I was single. So for that time period, that first one, two year period, in truth, women couldn't come into my room. And I do therapy sessions with women, consultation sessions or therapizations with Capri sessions, whatever you want to call it, with women. And that's a vulnerable time for women when they're opening up and showing you their truth and you're giving them some glue energy that they've never had before, they start looking at you in ways they've never looked at a woman before. And next thing you know, the way that I am, things were happening that can go in left. my prior real quick. Yeah, real quick. And it right. did in my prior uh -huh. life, which is how I continue, continuously ended up in situations that were not beneficial for my true blue self which is why I had to go to the extreme to be single and celibate for so long, because that's just how I was living in my societal self. So not allowing mm -hmm. women to come by. And once I did start allowing them to come in, I would keep the door open and still have a threshold to where it was safety and people could go by and all of the uh, borders or boundaries I needed to set up on purpose, with purpose, because I knew we both had a gluteful purpose beyond a sexual, natural desire. Let's keep this glue and take myself out of it. So denying myself right. something that I truly, naturally love that the world tells you you're wrong for, that ain't right for, and having to search within myself, that's natural. That ain't something that I could just deny if it's like that. And I got to read, oh, well, it's the devil coming in. All that, no. It is what it is. It's a natural mm. chemical attraction that I have for women and women have for me. And I had to go to that extreme to save my true blue self and to help them become their true blue selves by not engaging in um, negative intimate situations. Right. Right. That's deep. So what kind of therapy did you go through in order for you to rebuild your life? And when you, this is a two-part question, what kind of therapy did you use in order to rebuild your life? And did you know then what you wanted that life to look like? I knew my A, I knew my Z. I just had to make it take the glue time to get to know me, which is my B through my Y. 
My mm. therapy was me taking the alphabets, letters by letters, and learning myself, my talents, my um, my gifts, my personality. If I walk in a room and people get quiet and they want to listen to what I have to say, why? That's powerful. What am I going to do with that? Because if it's up to me, I want to act like a fool and have fun and do everything everyone else is doing. But it's something mm. about my glunergy that people are attracted to, and that's a responsibility. So now that I'm here, what can I do with that? And for me, um, it was a two-part question. The therapy was first, I call it therapizations with Capri. I had to do my own thing. I, I've been in the therapy world. I went to school for sociology and psychology. I didn't graduate, but I was present in class, but I just couldn't learn because of my learning disabilities or what have you. But being in psychology and knowing people, I knew enough that I had to take myself out of the world and just sit with myself and figure out what my thoughts are, what my talents are, how I feel, which is how I develop the glue factory. Everything that I am is my brand, is my product. I had to put my societal energy and turn it into my glue energy. And because God is good or I'm, and I'm good at what I do, working at Olive Garden, the people in the community happen to see me were also my customers. They worked at a mental hospital. They invited me to come in to speak with their kids. And after that first speech, there wasn't a dry eye in the house and I had a job offer at the end. So that wow. ended up having me work in a mental hospital for seven years. And that was also my therapy because I got to be in a world that intellectually I excelled in but scholastically, I couldn't sit in class and get it and take the test. So once mm -hmm. I worked in that hospital and I had all the psychologists and psychiatrists and different types of mental health in front of me, I was able to learn hands on what I am going through, what my PTSD looks like, what my bipolar looks like, what my ADHD looks like, what my family's crazy looks like, all of that. Mm. So I was able to go to school hands on and learn life. It's like life to me is the best school ever. Just like you yes. leaving America and going home is the best school ever. Yes, it, it has been. It has. I apologize. Please say that again. I said, I never thought that I would learn these lessons, but that's kind of how it ends up working out. <laughs> like it, there's a phrase that says when the student is ready, the master will appear. And I have definitely learned that in, in my time here, we've only been here for a month now, um, officially since we've moved back. But it's, um, it's been a learning experience. Every single day, a new master shows up. They say, okay, well, this is going to be your lesson for today. So I You got that. to be open. Yeah, you got to be open to receive it. And I want mm -hmm. to make a, a note for our community because mental health advocacy is what I do. I do go to therapy. I do go to um, anger management also. And that... Um, started when I was in the military about the age of 19, 20, and I went off and on. And then now for the last year or so, well, since, let me say before COVID, I was going regular, regularly 
uh, once a week to my therapist. So I did implement a one-on-one therapy uh, sessions for myself outside of going to the therapist I know and needing someone to talk to and vent and be sounding boards. I did make that step, which I encourage us as a people to make the step to seek therapy and find someone that aligns with your your glunergy. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, a couple years ago, I went back to to therapy officially for myself. There was uh, once upon a time I was in uh, couples therapy, and then I um, I started therapy for myself, and I met my therapist through a sister circle. Um, a wonderful woman out of uh, Philadelphia. So shout out to Ten Sidnor Campbell. Uh, she recently wrote a book uh, called "It's Healing Time," and it's a guide for the healing of the soul for Black women. So anyone who has access to Amazon, make sure you go out there and get that. That is Ten Sidnor Campbell, and we're gonna make sure that we put that link in the bio as well. But it's, it's super important for our community. Uh, unfortunately, when it comes to women, we're viewed as, as workhorses, emotional workhorses, physical workhorses, you know? And um, we, a lot of us have grown up in families where people just don't handle their stuff. They don't deal with it. They don't face it. They don't acknowledge that, you know, there is um, toxic, stinking thinking that's been going on and it's been passed down generation to the next, you know? so. I feel like it is our generation where the buck stops here. And in order for us to go forward as a society, in order for us to have um, mentally healthy and sound children and grandchildren and great grandchildren, we really need to acknowledge the need to handle your mental. You know, because if your mind's gone, you have nothing. You know, mind, body, and soul, you need to be holistically healthy and do what's necessary so that each of us can get to that level because we're the backbones. We're the backbones of our family, the backbones of our community. And if mama is broken, then where does that leave the rest of the family? Broken. Broken. Where we are today, and I hate to even put it out there like that, um, Black women birthed the world. And through that birthing, we are held responsible for the strength in that birthing. And no one gives us a moment to glusa our souls, which means, <laughs> yeah, which means on purpose, with purpose, because we have a glutiful purpose for ourselves that we have to glusa make it take the glue time to glue saw on purpose because the world ain't going to give us that room, that opportunity to do so. So it's, it's yes. imperative that we as black women take a pause, take a glue pause for a glue cause and just glue saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause the world ain't going to give it to us. So tell me about your self-care. What does self-care look like for you? When you need to tap in, what are what are some of the uh, the practices that it's, you okay, implement true. in your life? I walk a lot. Uh, walking is my therapy. Mm -hmm. I'm one that didn't. I, I I believe I've been walking all my life since I was five years old. Walking to school back in the day when we could walk and it was safe, and you get home. The kindergarten was half a day, and I would get home and let mm -hmm. my mom know I was home. I can remember 
walking that long. And I didn't start driving until I was almost 21. So for me, walking is just my therapeutic outlet and listening to music, as I stated before, music saved lives. Um, listening to music, different types of music, writing music, writing poetry, singing, dancing. Um, I would say sitting now on the patio of peace. I am an advocate of marijuana smoking. I believe it should be legal worldwide. Blacks, if marijuana's, uh, I just read something today. Uh, Killer Mike said the weed industry was built off of the backs of blacks. We deserve our peace. And I concur with him for myself being a veteran with PTSD, having been to war and stuff. The military wants to, they want to just load us up with pills. Society wants to load us up with pills. I choose not to indulge, but sometimes to play the game and get to benefits, you have to indulge. But I'm a definite, a, definitely a proponent for um, THC, marijuana, whatever, CBD oil, everything to help with glue saw in your soul. Um, I have a lot of therapeutic mm -hmm. outlets. Vlogging happens to be one. This is a hobby that I'm now turning into a business. It's therapeutic to me to have conversations with people and just, you know, talk. Mm-hmm. It is. It truly is. Um, I found in in my practice, I've been doing some um just life coaching, and you know from our experience that uh, I facilitate sister circles. So I bring women together so that we can all breathe. We can breathe. And a meditation, I actually have one um, in two hours. There's, tonight is the last full moon for 2020. And um, I come from a long line of spiritual women. And we want to, when there's a, a full moon, you release. So you write down all the things that no longer serve you, all the things that are um, holding you back that you want to release from your life and you burn it, you know, and we set our intentions by the new moon, you know. So here um, I have had the honor of being invited into a sacred sister circle uh, that have been meeting here in Dakar, Senegal for the last five years. And um Previously, they only did it once a year, but after I came a year and a half ago, um, they still they started to do it once a month. And I've been missing this circle since last uh, April, so I'm really excited to return to them tonight. Um, but as far as self-care is concerned, um, I definitely believe in journaling. I believe in gratitude journaling. You know, you write down the things that you are grateful for, the things that are going right in your life, because before you can ask for something else, you need to be grateful for what you have. So having a gratitude journal allows me to look back on the things that I've had all along, you know, and say thank you for it. And it can always be simple. It doesn't have to be, you know, an extravagant thank you. Thank you for allowing me to open my eyes this morning. Thank you for clear air to breathe and clean water to drink. Thank you for a roof over my head and friends that love me. Simple things like that. I always encourage women to acknowledge the joy that you have in your life because you need to say thank you before you say more, please. You know, so um, 
gratitude journaling has been huge for me. And also I am a water baby. I love the ocean. You know, you're in Virginia, so you are where I'm from. You know, uh, what our audience may not know is that all roads in, in Newport News and Hampton lead to water. So should you ever need to sit on the beach or walk along a bank or um, just sit and watch the ocean and listen to it and feel that breeze on your face, then that's where I found my solace. And I've been, that's been my practice since, you know, I was a child growing up in Virginia, but um, I'm so grateful that we live in a community here in Dakar where it's right on the ocean, mm. you know? So being able to sit on a cliff literally and look out over the Atlantic ocean and just feel the breeze and to be able to connect with mama Africa in that way is more than I could have ever, ever imagined. You know, um, and I'm so grateful for it. We we gather here, we give thanks here, we, you know, give our libations to the ocean here, you know, and um, I'm learning how to reground myself and how to um, just be still in these moments because life is hectic. You know, there's a million different things that's pulling at you in so many different directions and so many thoughts that are being fed to us daily, especially in 2020 with, oh, the election drama and, oh, you know, the COVID drama and, you know, we're losing people left and right. It's so important for us to find a way to ground ourselves. And then through that, we find our peace. And once we learn who we truly are, as a soul, you know, having a human experience as an individual, as a child of, of the light, then from there we can branch, but you can't pour from an empty vessel. Mm -mm. I had someone tell me a while ago, um, several years ago when I was going through a divorce and it was the, the lowest I'd ever been. And she told me, you know, you feel depressed because you have shared of your cup and now you're empty. She said, your cup should always remain full and it's your responsibility to fill your own cup because you only share of your overflow. But if you're empty, if you're empty, you can't share anything because you don't have anything left in you. So that has been my, my meditation. That has been my goal to make sure that my cup stays full so that I can do things like this. I can give back. I can actually be an advocate for my community. I can actually learn, you know, how to give love. And you said with purpose, on purpose, mine is out loud and on purpose. So we are so in alignment and I'm grateful for that. Um, but Life's meeting good. women like you strengthened me. You know, I appreciate you because you have been my mirror. You know, you have allowed me to see my journey and know that I'm not alone in this journey and give me new tools and new ways to relate to other women so that together, your audience, my audience, we have stronger people. Say that. That's glue, baby. That's glue, and you make me want to go home to the motherland. I swear in my soul, I'm ready to boom. <laughs> Let's come go. through, come through. We are, um, 
we're in the process of creating a soft landing for the diaspora to come home. We are um, creating a destination space for solo travelers, for you know women that want to travel and want to have a place that's safe for them to come, a staff that speaks English, you know what I mean, and the comforts of home. Because you know everywhere you travel, what's comfortable to the local people isn't necessarily what's comfortable to you. So um, in this last season, we have really um, researched and uh, purchased enough things so that we can make sure that our guests are comfortable. You know, nice thick linens and fluffy pillows and, you know, um, real American furniture so that when you do come home at the end of the day, when, you know, the city is hectic, the city here is a, is, ooh, it's a piece of work, honey. <laughs> Take New York. Take New York and and add traffic with horse carts and buggies and donkeys walking through the street and um motorcycles that go in and out of in-between traffic and then traffic with no rules. And you oh, have I really don't Oh, well, honey, get in the cab because the cab is going to be on it. <laughs> it's exactly. like Mario Kart racing. Yes. So at the end of the day, we wanted a place for our um, our guests to come home to and they can shut out the chaos of the city and they could be comfortable and feel like they're at home away from home. So that's what we're we're building right now. And the name of our, our place will be Sankofa Arms. I definitely want to bring you back on my platform because I have a plethora of questions for you since, well, it's your, the start of your journey, the thoughts of your journey, all of that. And that's going to take us for another 30 minutes or an hour and conversations. So I definitely <laughs> would love to um, set us up for that glue interview because that is something that I feel right now. It's glutivation that our people need and it's, and it's glue information mm. that we must have. So definitely sign mm. up to come back, please. Absolutely. Whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready, I'm, I'm available for you. That's glue, baby. All right. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think we're going to wrap it up now. Um, I have to make sure that I get ready for um, our med our meditation this evening. But I thank you so, so much for taking the time and energy to love on us today. May I read? I want to read your comments to you before you went away. Yeah. Do we have a moment for that? Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. What we got? I thank you for that energy, though. I didn't want to interrupt it. Let me see. Uh -huh. Morning, ladies. Loving this. I love to be a guest on her platform. Loving this. Ooh. Hey, queen. Good morning. So please make it take the glue time to go through the timeline and reach out to the even mirrors of glue land and have okay. fun gluing yourselves up. Yes, yes, yes. They can all inbox me. Inbox me because this is a new... Um, podcast that I'm launching. You are my second guest. So I thank you so much, but, um, I would love to have them. Anyone can inbox me. I am on, um, Facebook as Shay queen. Okay. Or they can email me and it's the queen within experience at gmail.com.
All right. All right. Was there there any parting things that you wanted to tell the masses? God loves unconditionally everyone, and it's our duty to give love unto everyone, even you, even me. And please make it take the glue time to visit. That's gluebaby.com. That's gluebaby. I love you. Wear your face mask and wash your hands. Yes, wear your face mask and wash your hands. (laughs) I love you. you. I love you. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. Be blessed. That's glue, baby.